Rule Church Podcast. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He is honored and I get the glory. And by the way, it's even better because you see that building in Perryville, Arkansas? You see that one in Pachote, Mexico? Do you see that one in Tuxla Gutierrez down there in Chiapas? That building has my son's name on it. The church is not a democracy. It's a monarchy. Christ is king. You can't be Christian without a local church. You can't do anything better than to bend your knee and bow your heart, turn from your sin and repentance, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and join up with a good Bible-believing church and spend your life serving Jesus in a local, visible congregation. This is going to be the best episode we recorded all year. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so far. Happy New Year, man. First time I've seen you this year. That's right. It's it's January 10th, and we've been off a little bit because of um, Christmas and such. Now, the listener is not getting this until maybe like the 24th, I think, of January, but how you been? That's how it is. That's how it I'm is. I'm doing good. It's, it's my kind of weather, and don't oh. everybody hate me because I say that, but I like cold weather. Shout out to Russ Roden. Shout out to Russ Roden. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Welcome to the Rural Church Podcast. I'm your co-host, Alan Nelson. I am the pastor, one of the pastors of Providence Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas. With me is Eddie Ragsdale, the pastor of First Baptist Church of Marshall, Arkansas. And Unfortunately. A, what? Unfortunately, the... The only part, <laughs> the only part. I don't want to be, I want, I, I want, I want to have, I want to experience the blessing that, that you are experiencing with, uh, other brothers. I, I know brother, but the, the burden, the way that came out, I was like the pastor first Baptist Marshall. And you're like, unfortunately, and it made it sound like, no, no, I love I, my church. I know, it's got I know, I know, church. I know, yeah. but it was just funny. It was just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Out. So today we are we're we're kind of late to the game. Not really. I think this is a always relevant topic, but on the Twitter feeds and watch well, I guess you can't call it Twitter anymore, but on the social media feeds, every now and then it kind of crops up about exercise and yeah. the the idea of maybe a pastor needs to be ripped or something. But what we wanted to talk about today is physical fitness. We're going to start off talking about, you know, physical fitness in general and for the parishioner, if you will. And then we're going to wind up talking about pastors. And I hope that we have some helpful things to say. You know, the first thing that I'll start out with is a Bible verse. So how about that? First Timothy chapter four, verse eight. Now, I think in the King James... It says bodily exercise profiteth little. And so it could make you think it it could make you. Yeah, it could make you think of the wrong impression of the verse. It's rendered in the ESV this way. Bodily training is of some value. Hmm. Bodily training is of some value. Now, the point of the verse is godliness is a value in every way. Of course, Paul's um, talking there. primarily for for pastors but i was for everyone it, it doesn't matter who cares how fit your body is if you go to hell right um so bodily training though is of some value let's start off first eddie just theologically we hadn't really 
chatted much before this, but I'm going to toss you a softball, I think. Let's talk theologically why bodily fitness is even necessary in this world today. Well, I think the the connection between our body and um, our soul and our spiritual life, those are not disconnected. It's not like they have they have no impact on one another. And so while a person can have all kinds of physical ailments and still be growing spiritually through that, we, we wouldn't want to imply that, that a person, a f- physical problems mean a person's not spiritually healthy. The Lord very well may, may grow a person uh, through their physical, uh, physical problems. That may be a, a source of, sanctification however uh, if our bodies are are in general working order um the the better we're able to have the right diet move our body have have our body strong that's going to allow us um a good vehicle for all of the spiritual practices that are going to glorify the Lord. So I really think, you know, I'm even, even thinking about this passage, you know, right before verse eight, the end of verse seven says, rather train yourself for godliness. And, and, you know, even as you were first reading the verse, I was, I was thinking of um, uh, Dr. Don Whitney's book on spiritual disciplines. And I was just thinking about, you know, when we think about the different spiritual disciplines, prayer, Bible intake, all of those, the the point in doing those is not so that you can say, I did my Bible reading, or I prayed, or I fasted, or I whatever. It's to do it for the purpose of godliness. And so I think for us as believers, we ought to be able to look at even the way that we manage our diet and we manage our bodies through exercise and, and physical movement, we ought to do that for the purpose of godliness. Yeah, that's really good, brother. Um, I was actually just thinking in my mind, the answer I was thinking is we live in a fallen world. But yeah, uh, you throw me a softball, you think, but <laughs> yeah, but you no, I was like, yeah, I was like, man, you ought to get a single with this, but you hit a home run. So yeah, but uh, no, it's it, yeah, the, the reality, what I'm saying is our bodies and this is going to transition to what I'm about to say next, but our bodies are wasting away. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where not only there is excess, excess sugar in our foods, but also where we have the ungodly desire at time to consume too much sugar. And I'm just throwing that out there as an example. We live in a world where we have different metabolisms. I'm not a big, I've never been a big proponent of the BMI, you know, the, uh, in that what body mass index, like, yeah, but I just, I, I've, you know, there's some value in that, but I think that we're just all wired so differently metabolism so differently. I don't think you're in sin if your BMI number doesn't match up, you know, I mean, you may be, but I don't think that that's necessarily true, you know, right. Uh, but the other thing, so one, one issue I want to talk about, and I am, so we're going to get to pastors, but right now we're just kind of talking about Christians in general, every person in general, of course, but specifically we're talking about Christians because we've been born again and we desire to please the Lord. We should 
take care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. At the same time, so we'll address this for a minute. We should not make our bodies an idol. And we can do that. So I'm, yeah, I'm, right. I got some big news for you, Eddie, and I I want you to, you're sitting down already, but I want, want to make you aware of something. You are going to die. That's right. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's there's, right. There's not a number of pills that you can take. There's not any kind of diet out there that you can do. There is nothing that you can do. You one day will cease to ex not exist entirely, but as far as your life on earth goes, you That's and right. I, our life will be over. I, I don't know the stats. I should have pulled it up, but the, the aging industry or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like billions of dollars. Every year we're buying creams, we're buying pills, we're doing work to slow down or try to stop the aging process. But that's, that's faulty. It's inevitable that we're going to age and we're going to die. So right. you have anything you want to say about the idolatry of fitness before we move on? Yeah. I mean, like you said, we, we have this inordinate attachment to youth and, and we want to chase after it all the time. I mean, you, you see, you see these people that may, maybe they're sick, they're 70, 80 years old and they're still trying to, you know, look like they're they're in their thirties, um, and not just phys not just with, you know, more extreme things like, um, like maybe they're they're they've had plastic surgery or something like that. But even you know we we see these guys they're, you know, I'm in my mid forties, and uh, you know there are certain fashions that that some folks are wearing that I'm, I'm not going to wear that, you know, that's, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the, the kids might be wearing something that I'm, I'm not going to dress like that. I'm, I'm just thought it would look one. It would look stupid too. I don't want to. Let's but, be honest. Think, you're, you're in boots and a hoodie right now. And that, that is, that's your uniform. Yeah. I, yeah. I love, I love this. This is my favorite time of year. Cause I get to dress the way I really like to dress. <laughs> but, um, but my, my point is just to say that, yes, I think we can make an idol out of really what the idol is more than it is. I think even the physics, it's more the idol is what other people think about us. Yeah. And we can do that with, listen, as pastors, let's let's just be real honest. We can do that with seeking praise for our preaching. You know, we, we want people to say, man, that was a good job. Um, but you can also, you want, you want people to look at you and say, oh man, he's a, you know, he's fit or, he, or, or, or he's attractive or something. And, and honestly, even one of the dangers is we, we see so much rampant, even sexual immorality attached to the pulpit. And I think some of these, sometimes guys are even they're they're maybe even desiring that, that kind of attractiveness for, mm -hmm. from the, the the people that that are in front of them it's it, it's very grotesque even at that point sure sure so let me let me say this for for the average christian you you probably the average person just general listening to this you, you probably can be eating better and you probably can be exercising more 
if you're not exercising at all, you ought to be doing something. And the reason is not because for, for most Americans anyway, we live a very sedentary life. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, compared to ages past. Um, we could talk more about pastors for sure, but I'm just general statement. Don't, don't take this to be, uh, there are guys out there that you're, you're waking up at four to get to work. You have a, 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 a long work day, physical labor all day. You get back in at night, you know, you just don't have time. So understand there's exceptions and stuff, but for most people listening, men or women, you probably can be exercising more. You probably can be eating better. The way that you keep that from idolatry is to remember God gave us sugar too. You know, we can enjoy sugar to the glory of God. We can enjoy a piece of cake uh, or ice cream or such to the glory of God. There are seasons in the Christian life for feasting to the glory of God. At the same time, the reason that we want to be in control of our bodies is because we want to have victory over the flesh. We want to mortify the deeds of the flesh. We do not want our God to be our bellies. We want to be able, it's not about, we know that we're going to die, but it's about extending our life, if you will. Yes, God's appointed our days, but he also, he He ordains the ends and the means. And so we're to be good stewards of our body so that we can live in this body as long as we can. Specifically, now listen to this, for the glory of God. Like if you're just wanting to live long because you there's there's more ungodliness in the world that you want to enjoy, you have the wrong motivation. Or if you just want to walk down the street and people look at your body or whatever and be amazed, that's idolatry. Mm-hmm. But we should be good. St- there is value. So the, the text, 1 Timothy 4, 8, there is value in taking care of our bodies. And Christians should take care of our bodies. We should Mm -hmm. think about what we eat. We should think about physical exercise. We should be doing these things. Anything else you want to say to that? Yeah. And and I think along that, the line of what you were saying there, we want to be reminded that we're, you and I are not coming out here and we're saying everybody, I mean, I know, I know that you, you've been running and uh, praise the Lord, brother. (laughs) I'm, I'm probably not going to join you. I'm just have zero desire to run. We have a brother in our church who runs and I praise the Lord, but but I just have no desire to do that. But we're not coming and saying everybody has to become a runner or everybody has to lift weights or everybody has to do this or that, or, you know, P90X or whatever the thing is. Um, and we're not coming out and saying everybody, if, if you're going to be a good Christian, you got to be a vegan or vegetarian, no, or, I, whoa. Or, or or do keto, whoa. or do paleo, or whatever. We're not we're not prescribing any of that. We're simply saying that we ought to desire to to eat well, to to steward our bodies well by by fueling our bodies with good food. I would say, not as a law, but simply um, the more processed food is it's the less good for you it's probably going to be the closer it is to the way the lord gave it to us uh probably the better the fresher the food the then it the probably the better it's going to be but but we have freedom right the lord 
Yeah. Made all foods green. We have freedom in that. Um, And then when it comes to exercise, regardless of of what um, program a person might decide to use, all we're saying is we need to move our bodies because God gave us bodies that could move and, and it's better for them. And actually it's not just physically better for us, but I found, you know, if I get up and I go walk, it clears my mind. It helps me think better. It can even help me sometimes to pray better, yeah, <laughs> you know, amen. just to, to move my body. And so it's not, it's kind of like where I started earlier. It's, we want to remember that this is not, it's not like what we do physically is over here. And then the spiritual stuff, it's over here separate. That That's the way the Gnostics thought. Mm-hmm. That That's not the way a biblical a biblical believer thinks. Yeah, that's good, brother. And I, you know, I think there are some practical things. Now we're going to get to pastors, so buckle your seatbelt. But right now, there are some practical things that we can do while we exercise. It's even benefit. So I've kind of stopped this. I got to figure out how to get back on. So I was like running with my phone, and I was listening to books and sermons and podcasts. Well, I stopped that. I'm just running with my watch. I figured out how to just do that. The bad thing is, so I've tried to like run faster. And the bad thing is that I've lost that kind of listening, but there's mm-hmm. like with technology day, what I'm saying is like, you might say, well, there's so much, there's only so much time you have. Well, with exercise, sometimes you can double up. Sometimes yeah. you can get on say audible or a podcast or a sermon, sermon audio, and you can double up. You can exercise your physical body while also exercising your soul, if you will. And so I think that's, I think that's important. If, if you're doing no exercise and no consideration of your diet, well, I really encourage you to search the scriptures to, to get with the Lord, to get with brothers and sisters in your church and consider some changes you know, because this isn't about like this isn't about a program. It's really just about habits and lifestyle changes. You know, we're not we've we've both done keto before. We've both done, you know, various. But but that's not what this episode about. We're not talking about a program. We're just talking about as a general rule, like right. physical fitness should be a thing in the church. It should be OK. Now, again, there are people we have a brother, a dear brother in our church who comes in on a walker literally drags himself in to to come to church faithful brother that there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that um in fact though his life should be an indictment on those of us who have the ability to do things and we're not you know so you know consider those things bodily exercise is of some value it's and, and as a whole holistic approach to godliness, it should it should be under the, the grand category of I want to be a godly person. Underneath that category is not just prayer, as we've talked about, not just Bible reading, not just, you know, these quote unquote spiritual disciplines that are often used, but also I want to take care of my physical well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that's good. Uh, let's uh Let's let's talk with our brothers now. Let's talk about pastors. And, and this is sensitive. A pastor sometimes, sadly, pastors sometimes are the easily, most easily offended 
because mm -hmm. it's just hard. It's hard to be a pastor, you know, and it's hard to hear well, you're doing something wrong. It's hard to be convicted or whatever, but let me just give some general statements and you add in just as a, as a general statement, I'm talking about American pastors as a general statement. We are too fat. Is that too blunt? <laughs> and, no, no. I, well, I mean, and, even, and, even and the stereotype. Just a general statement. Well, fat, well what is the stereotype of of a? What is the stereotype of a Southern? Let's just talk about Southern Baptists. So maybe maybe the Presbyterians and the Assemblies of God and different groups like won't be bad at us. But the Southern Baptists. What's the stereotype? Right, overweight. Eat, eats too much fried chicken at the potlucks kind of a thing and 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 can i say we, we, i've been we, guilty as charged we've you know? all been yeah we've all all so, been i mean guilty. that's just uh but 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 I'm, I'm saying the stereotype doesn't come out of nothing that's right yeah and and again we're just speaking generally uh what it does so so a couple of things i'm gonna read uh some quotes in just a minute from pastoral theology do you have that by albert martin i do not so if i could encourage you with one you know i know you like to, we only have so much time to read so much money to invest if i can encourage pastors with one set to invest in this year it would be the three volume work by al martin on pastoral theology probably the best place to get it is reformation heritage books they usually have the best price on something like that but al martin and pastoral theology and his first book is volume is the man of god his calling and godly life i'll read a couple of quotes out of that in just a minute but one of the things that we need to think about as pastors so one we want to be physically fit again we're not saying that you know you're ripping out of your suit and tie every sunday because you're and and again by the way it's not just the everyday Christian that can struggle with idolatry of fitness. Pastors can too. Yep. And, and pastors, you better hold your fitness loosely. Like if you're forsaking other things in order to stay in shape, mm -hmm. then you've got to reprioritize and, and your body, you may not need to look like an Olympic athlete, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah. that's not what we're saying. Y you just may need to be in better shape than you are. Right. Because well, if, yeah, if your view is I've got to lift weights every day, whether or not I read the Bible, <laughs> well, that's wrong. That's backwards. That's yeah, I backwards. can't. I can't visit uh, <laughs> sweet sister so and so today because I've I've got to ride yeah. my bike or whatever. Like, okay, yeah. you've got to reprioritize. Like, there might be days or weeks even that your physical fitness regimen is completely thrown off course because you have other things that are more important. But you need to be physically fit, not only because your body is a temple and longevity of life for yourself, but also to model that you have self-control, mm -hmm. that, that you have discipline. You, you model to your people, I have the discipline and self-control of what it looks like to be, to be a pastor. And, and in extreme cases, these would be disqualifying uh, sense and i'm not I, I, please don't misunderstand i'm not saying if your waistline is a certain amount that you're disqualified that's not what i'm saying at all i'm just saying these general principles about taking care 
of our bodies, being good stewards of what God has given us. And, and again, there's so many different things that that may look like. That may just look like you doing some push-ups and sit-ups every day. It may look like you having a gym membership and, and lifting weights. Maybe you're riding a bike. Maybe you're jogging. Maybe you're, you're riding a horse, you know, or even, or even as simple as just a walk. You know, we have a friend, a a pastor friend who his, his practice is to, is to go to public places and, and walk and, and just walk a circuit, you know? Um, and I'm like, man, that's good. You know, that's, 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 that's better. That's better than not moving your body. I mean, we're just talking about, we're not, we're talking about exercise in terms of, uh, strategically moving your body, not yeah. necessarily saying it has to be this specific way. That's right. And, and, and also understand like we have all these different body types and different metabolism rates and all these things. So it's not about being a certain size, but there are yeah, people. Pro- Go ahead. Well, well, just on that different body types, I was discussing this last night uh, with a brother in our church and he is the, the guy that I mentioned who runs he runs a lot, but um, just last night we were talking about he had joined the gym here in town, and I said, "Well, I'm," I kind of said, "I'm surprised that you joined the gym. I mean, you you run all the time." He said, "Well, he said I'm feeling kind of weak though, because all I ever do is run and burn calories, but not really building muscle." And his kids wanted to join the gym, so they they kind of doing it as a family and and stuff and. And that's great. That's great. Um, yeah. And, and as a general so, principle, so do whatever's, whatever's going to be good for your body, you know, that's right. As a general principle as well, men should be strong. Men, men should be protectors. You know, we live in such a, a world today that that almost doesn't seem what a protector, you know, but look at the events in our world today and, and consider whether or not you should be a strong protector for your family for your neighbors this is it's just the reality that we should mm-hmm. men as a general principle we should we should be strong and we should work to be strong again we could qualify this to death we're not saying you know somebody could say well what about this situation okay but these this is just it's just true let me um let me get you i told you i was going to get you a couple quotes let me read you a couple quotes from this pastoral theology from al martin Uh, one, he says, this is not a matter of seeking to cultivate body worship. I've never been one that gets an endorphin high with my exercise regimen. I put my physical exercise in the category of praying. It is an activity in which to engage whether I feel like it or not. When it's time to pray, you go to pray. When it's time to read your Bible, you read your Bible. When it's time to put on your exercise clothing and footwear, you put them on and go down to your cellar and get on the treadmill, or make your way to the local YMCA, or health club, or off to the local park with its bike and walking trails. You do it because you're persuaded you ought to do it. You do this because you're persuaded from the Word of God that it is your duty. You do not want to bloody your conscience by not doing it, since you believe the words of James, who said, so whoever whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Anything you want to say there? And I got a, a he kind of goes on here. I, I, no, I, th- I think that is really good. And and that that even just as he was mentioning those, like you like we've already said, we can double some of those up. Like it's possible 
um, it's possible to say, hey, when I'm, I'm going, like you said, you're going on a run, but you can also listen to this sermon or this podcast. So you can, you can redeem that time in two ways, or it's possible that uh, he mentions there are prayer time. What's well, it's possible. Sometimes we can be praying and walking at the same time. My, my, my body's working and, and actually that's helping me think more clearly about what I want to say to the Lord. I mean, I mean, think about even, I don't know about you, but oftentimes if I'm on the phone with somebody, somebody calls me, um, I'm going to get up and walk around the church because I actually think better walking than I do just sitting here. So I'll be, well, we can talk to the Lord that way. Or even that, uh, you've got a conversation you need to have with a with another brother or somebody over the phone. Well, you don't have to be necessarily sitting at your desk to have that conversation. So you yeah, can that's be good. moving your body even in that. Even, yeah. you know, if you're at, if right now you're at zero exercise, even just moving to say, okay, I'm committing to 10 minutes a day to walking. That's a great right. move in the right direction. Maybe it's not the be all end all, but it's a great move. He goes on to say, over the years, I've found great spiritual profit in you using the central thought of Romans 12, 1 as the basis of a prayer I pray when I'm about to begin my exercise regimen. I say something to the Lord along the following lines. Gracious God, I come once more to offer up my body to you as a living sacrifice. Bless this regimen of exercise to contribute to my overall health and strength, since this body, destined for the grave, is the only body in which I will serve you until the resurrection. I want to serve you as well as I can, with as much vigor and strength as I can, for as long as I can, and to this end I pray that you will bless this practical endeavor to attain that goal. I think that's a good a good prayer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the gift that God has given us is this body. And 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 I think going back to something else we said earlier, our culture wants to wants to make us envy a certain type of body that maybe the Lord didn't give you. Uh, we we need to fight against that. And one of the ways that we fight against that is by being thankful for the body that the Lord did give us and, and treating it properly. Don't idolize it, but treat it properly. Martin, one more quote. He says, I know of no truth that influences me more profoundly at the practical level of my own thinking and my practice than the reality that I am a blood bought, that I am blood bought property. This body is the very temple and sanctuary of God, the Holy Spirit. I just seek to do all within my power to keep this temple in good order, that God may be glorified and that his purposes will be accomplished through me. So I think that goes exactly along the lines of what you were saying, brother. And that is, if you're, if, if so, if your motivation is you're looking at other people and you're like, man, I want to look like that. And I want people to be in awe. And I want, you know, these, well, you're missing it. This is about like everything else in our life, the glory of God. God has given me this body. I want to use this body to the best of my ability. It's it's kind of like the the parable of the talents. And each person, is, when it comes to physical fitness, you've been given various talents, two talents, five talents, 10 talents, whatever the case may be. Whatever talents you've been given, because for some people, honestly, it seems like physical fitness is just easy. It's like, wow, mm -hmm. you know? Well, maybe you haven't been given that number of talents. I don't, I don't feel like I have. But the talents I have been given, 
I want to use, I don't want to just bury him. Like, well, I want to die anyway. Might eat, right. eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. No, the talents I have been given, I want to use those well, steward them well for ultimately the glory of God. This is my body. It's the only body I'm going to have. And I want to use this body to the best of my ability. And I have failed in that in, in my life. And, but we all have, we go to the Lord again for grace and we take seriously as pastors, this idea of, of keeping our bodies within reason to, to a certain amount of physical fitness. Yeah. And and I'll tell you personally, this, this is kind of my personal anecdote on this is it's less, it's less about what you're going to look like brothers. It's less about what you're going to look like when you figure out the, what works for you as far as the healthiest way for you to eat and to move your body, you will feel better. The, yeah. the motivation really ought to be that your body's going to, you're going to feel better and you're going to be more able to live for the glory of God and for godliness. That's why you should care about it. Not so much because you're going to, you're going to be two gene sizes smaller and you'll look better in the pulpit. Right. <laughs> you, know it pre- I mean? you know, preaching even you, you could preach better. You you can yeah. have more endurance. You, your, your lung capacity is better. You know, I was like, right. there's I, all I, these, it's like God knows what he's doing with yeah, yeah. making the no, human body. You, you mentioned sugar earlier. Uh, so this is not an attack on sugar. However, um, the last couple of months from the, from middle of October through the end of the year, this last year, I got completely off of the way that I normally eat, which is pretty low sugar, you know, and I was eating a lot of sugar and I'll just tell you, I don't think that my thinking was as clear those last couple of months. And I don't think that, that I, I don't feel like I was speaking as well, even in the pulpit over those last couple of months, just because my brain was foggy, foggier than it is when I'm eating the way that I normally do. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been helpful. You know, it's not been our, some people listening to this probably need to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, though that's not our desire. We don't want to convict you. If the Holy Spirit convicts you, then our encouragement is to go again to the God of all grace, whether you're a, a, a lay person, a, a man or a woman, or whether you're a, a church member, uh, or sorry, a, a pastor, um, a, a man, obviously, then go trust the Lord, repent of any areas you need to repent, and and ask the Lord's help. If the Holy Spirit is for our sanctification, then he'll be for our desire to figure out how we can incorporate moving our body and eating better, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, don't make an idol of it but seek to use your steward your body well and remember that there is some value in in physical exercise yeah you know even kind of to go back to where we originally started there in first timothy 4 kind of putting that in context as we said we're not prescribing a certain diet or way of eating even we've mentioned sugar a couple of times but like you said you know if if you want to have a you know, a bowl of ice cream, have a bowl of ice cream to the glory of God. Um, even in this text in First Timothy 4, uh, Paul is speaking to Timothy here about the those who are liars. 
who uh, forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God has created to be received with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So we're not requiring abstinence from any good thing that the Lord has given us. Amen. We're just saying all those good things that the Lord has given us come with a need for us to be self-controlled. And, and I love, I love when we look at the work of the spirit and life of a believer, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And so yep. if we're really walking in, in the spirit, then we're going to have self-control, not just over our spiritual practices, but over every part of our life. For pastors, model that. So I'll close with this, Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And I would say that there are many pastors, myself included, myself included, that not only do they need to lay aside every weight, but they need to lay aside some weight off their body <laughs> yeah, yeah. in order to better run the race that God has set before us. Christ, Christ is worthy. We can do this without making it an idol and we can encourage one another in it. We're not making a new law or anything like that. Let's take care of our bodies that God has given us for his glory, that we may better serve him and his church. You got anything else? I actually do want to throw in one last thing. Yeah. There's one other way, especially I would say to pastors, if you're struggling to make time, maybe to be with some of the guys in your church or something like that, or or if you've got sons, um, exercise is a great time for guys to get together. So, I mean, I, I used to work out with, they weren't even guys in my church. They were just guys here in town. But um, for for a few years there, we we worked out together. We, we were lifting weights together. That that can even be another way that you can redeem that time. You say, man, I don't really have time to, to get together with this couple of brothers in the church. Well, may, maybe you guys could, you know, two or three times a week, you could hit the weights together. You're getting the exercise at the same time that you're getting that spiritual fellowship. So and you all may, kinds of ways yeah. that you can do more than one thing at a time. And you may encourage others. They might be thinking the same thing, but now you can all help each other. That's what the local church is about and encourage each other towards this godly principle. So, well, I hope that's been helpful to you. I, I appreciate you listening to this episode of the Rural Church Podcast. Eddie, sign us off. We'll see you guys next week. If, if you really believe the church is the building, the church is the house, the church is what God's doing. This, this is His work. If we really believe what Ephesians says, we are the poemos, the masterpiece of God. How are you going to respond? <laughs>